This is AgriPulse Daybreak West for Thursday, December 2nd. Good morning. I'm Jeff Daly. Here's today's headlines. SWP has a record 0% allocation. Taking to the air for biofuel incentives and new fertilizer duties recommended. For the first time, SWP plans to deliver no water. The Department of Water Resources yesterday unveiled a key part of its drought plan for 2022. For the first time on record, DWR has set the initial allocation for the state water project at zero. Despite a wet start to the water year, conditions have dried out since that first storm, said DWR Director Carla Nemeth. That means we need to prepare now for a dry winter and severe drought conditions to continue through 2022. DWR will continue to use water storage in Lake Oroville, the largest SWP reservoir, primarily to control salinity in the Delta. The department plans to deliver modest allocations to seven of the 29 water contractors to meet basic health and safety needs. Nemeth expected local water agencies to issue mandatory cutbacks in water use in late winter or early spring, though the state will step in if needed. Enviros respond. Environmental groups keyed in on a clause in the announcement that some of the Auroville water will be used for senior water rights. Kate Poole, an attorney with the National Resources Defense Council, argued that this is prioritizing water for ag over public trust needs. Water users respond. The state water contractors, general manager Jennifer Pierre was not surprised by the allocation given the impact of the drought combined with climate change. The state has made clear that the severity of the drought and prioritization of water supplies for the environment have reduced California's ability to provide water for municipal and industrial uses, said Pierre. She added that SWC's public water agencies will continue to fund SWP operation and maintenance cost since this remains vital, the new normal of reoccurring drought. Speaking of which, the announcement came as the West entered December with record high temperatures sweeping well into British Columbia. And next... DWR will present the proposed allocation plan to the State Water Board for approval on Tuesday. The plan is in coordination with Central Valley Project Reservoirs to balance supplies statewide. DWR urges a permanent drop in residential water use. DWR has issued a report to the legislature recommending water suppliers trim indoor water use down to 42 gallons per capita per day by 2030. That would phase down water use by nearly a quarter for residential users, starting with a 55-gallon limit for 2023. DWR stressed that this would not prohibit people from taking showers and doing laundry on the same day. The standard, if approved by lawmakers, would serve as a guide for water suppliers and not apply to individual customers. United Lands SAF flight, but will biofuel take off? With Congress weighing new policy incentives for sustainable aviation fuel, United Airlines flew a VIP-fill 737 into Washington, D.C. with one of the jet's two engines running solely on the biofuel. 
At a reception afterwards in a Reagan Airport hangar, United CEO Scott Kirby described the flight as history-making and called on Congress to pass the incentives the industry needs to increase SAF production. United billed the trip from Chicago as the first passenger flight on 100% SAF. But FAA standards limit SAF to 50% of a plane's fuel load, so the second engine was operating on 100% conventional jet fuel. The massive Build Back Better bill that Congress is considering would create a temporary tax credit for SAF and replace it with a broader clean fuel tax credit for which biomass-based diesel also would be eligible. A separate defense bill would authorize a pilot program in SAF production. Now take note, the biofuel used in the United 737 MAX 8 was produced by World Energy, a long-time biodiesel producer that operates a California refinery that makes SAF from waste fats and used cooking oil. Many other SAF feedstocks are under consideration in the industry, ranging from corn stover to oilseed cover crops. The fuel for the United flight included synthetic aromatics made from Iowa-produced corn sugar. The aromatics make the fuel identical to petroleum-based jet fuel. By the way, two lawmakers were on the flight, including Brad Schneider, an Illinois Democrat who is one of the industry's key allies. Fertilizer prices seen high through the spring planting. Fertilizer prices have been running at an all-time high for a variety of reasons and will likely remain elevated at least through the spring planting season. That according to a new report from CoBank. The benchmark Green Markets North American Fertilizer Index has risen 265% since May 2020. The high prices are likely to spur farmers to plant a few more soybean acres next year, but the report doesn't see a major shift away from corn. The current price ratio of soybeans to corn shows that soybean prices remain weak compared to corn, said Kenneth Scott Zuckerberg, CoBank's lead grain and farm supply economist. And demand for corn among U.S. ethanol producers is expected to remain strong given the current hot fuel prices and record-blending margins. But... Looking beyond 22, farmers may move more heavily into soybeans because of the increased demand for renewable diesel, the report says. EPA nominees advance in committee. Nominees to lead key areas of EPA's operations have advanced through the Senate Environment and Public Works Committee over Republican opposition. The committee is evenly divided and deadlocked 10 to 10 on Carlton Waterhouse's nomination to be assistant administrator for land and emergency management. Due to the committee tie, the full Senate will need to vote to take up Waterhouse nomination. The nomination of David Ullman to be assistant administrator for enforcement and compliance assurance was approved 10 to 9 with Wyoming Republican Cynthia Lummis not voting. Chris Fry was approved to be Assistant Administrator for Research and Development with one Republican in support, Kevin Kramer of North Dakota. Now, take note, the committee's top Republican, Shelley Moore Capito of West Virginia, said her main objection to the nominees was EPA's, quote, lack of timely responsiveness to her request for information on issues such as how national carbon reduction pledges are being calculated. Here's today's She Said It. I will continue fighting to ensure California's vital water infrastructure is fully funded. 
that Senator Melissa Hurtado of Sanger vowing to seek additional state funding for repairing canals in the next legislative session. Well, that is Daybreak West for this Thursday, December 2nd. For the latest news out of Washington, D.C., visit AgriPulse.com. For AgriPulse Daybreak West, I'm Jeff Nally.